0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Good afternoon. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson, Aj Salveson. It's the Full Court Press. Thursday... August 8th. It's 8-8. Uh, yeah, so that's what it is. And we're going to be talking about a couple different things today in sports. Uh, we'll, we'll talk specifically about Utah State linebackers as we continue to do our camp reports. Though uh, we didn't have eyes on camp today because practices got moved to a little bit later than normal start, which prevented us from being able to attend. But we'll draw on what our observations have been so far, and we also have some audio from David Woodward. He's in the mix there for the linebackers. He's pretty good. We'll hear from Gary Anderson. Uh, also, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to have a conversation with John Oglesby. He's with the Utah High School Activities Association. And a lot of different things going on as we get started in a new athletic season. Girls soccer is already underway. High school football starts next Friday. Oh, my gosh. It's here. so <laughs>
2: Full speed there's ahead.
1: Some very, very interesting changes with high school sports. Uh, with high school football, there's this new RPI. So it used to be the top four teams from every region would go to the playoffs in the postseason, but that's not always going to be the case. It used to be if you won your region, you would be a number one seed. That will not be the case. So, we'll talk to him about how that uh, is going to change some of the dynamics. Uh, There's also been a lot of talk about transfers. Yep. And lacrosse is a new sanctioned sport through the state. How are some schools now dealing with it? So, a lot of different things we're going to try to get through with him.
3: Eric, I'm really excited about some of the things. Cash Valley Radio Network has proven time and time again they care about the local people, the fans that listen to us, the fans of high school sports, of of Utah State Aggie sports, so on and so forth. Uh, you guys have some great, cool things coming up. Uh, one of them is you can go to CacheValleyDaily.com when you're, hey, I can't make it to a game tonight, got stuff to do at home. You have the online link in case the radio for whatever is not working. You have an online link for them to be able to click on and be able to listen to the game. We'll have play-by-play, and you'll have uh, photos and uh, on CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, you guys you guys take care of the high school fandom better than anybody else in the state of Utah that I've ever seen. It is incredible what you guys have put together. This is going to be so exciting.
1: Okay, and besides that, we're taking it to another level where we're going to be more interactive with our audiences and with fans around the Valley. and. Not just Cash Valley through around the whole region. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing, and I think I can now talk about this officially. The, there's not a place yet that's live where you can sign up, but it's happening very very soon. It's we're doing a, a, a prep pick'em, and we're going to be following 11 different schools, and not just Region 11. So West Side, Preston, Box Elder, Millad. Bear Lake, Rich. So it's a wide net that we're casting. And so, because we know we have a lot of people who listen in those areas that want to follow their schools. Mm. So it, we're going to be doing a pick'em contest. There's a really great prize that's on the line for the season. There's going to be some really cool prizes week to week. And the way this is going to work is you don't have to be the best score at the end of this to win the the big grand prize that's coming out because you could you could join late and still have a chance to win so it's it's a really cool the way that it's working out it's with a a provider that helped us out with March Madness Um, and that uh, I don't know if I can say that phrase but but the contest we did in March with involving college college basketball basketball. but this is going to be a lot of fun so (laughs) if you did it before if you did it back then you're going to be kind of familiar with how it works Um, It it is slightly different because it's week to week. It's not setting up one bracket just at one time. But um, I'm really excited for this. This is going to be a ton of fun. Um, We'll get to pick winners and and talk about games uh, every week. And it's not just Region 11. So that's what's going to be cool is that uh, uh, schools from Franklin County, schools from Box Elder, Bear Lake, Rich, uh, it's, it's gonna I'm going to be, be in serious sports trouble
3: sports. then. Like, I I mean, I thought I was going to be able to make this a cakewalk. Ah. Mm, not anymore.
1: No, we can't, We wanted to include those because we know we have listeners there and they like to participate and like to have their schools included. But it's also kind of a great equalizer too to so add some randomness yeah. to it that to makes add. it more a little more challenging. Get a
3: hold of my Bear Lake people. Hey, what you uh, knowing about the high school football team? Man, I'm going to be in trouble. This could turn <laughs> out really bad on my end.
1: Uh, No, that's... This is going to be fun. So, yeah, we got
3: John Nolesby at 430 to talk high school athletics. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is making a name for himself in that uh, FIBA, uh, I guess, for Team USA as they get ready for the FIBA World Tournament. Uh, Donovan is getting a lot of looks, turning a lot of heads, opening a lot of eyes. Um, So, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Yankees and White Sox are going to play one of the more intriguing games in MLB history next year. We'll talk about that. Uh, Of course, we have our pick six. Um, we'll get into that. I, uh, I finally paid up. Took Holy me. cow, did you pay up? Yes. I was
1: not expecting that I all. know,
3: I know. I'm a good friend. I'm a good friend.
1: Like, what do I do now <laughs> when I lose?
3: <laughs> hey, really quickly, I want to congratulate Dan Clayton, who, uh, Salt City Hoops and ESPN.com, who has, uh, been on our show regularly and, uh, has talked to me and would like to be on again regularly next season for the basketball season, which I don't think we're going to say no to. Uh, he has just had a little boy. Uh, to him and his beautiful wife, mom and uh, mom and boy are healthy and are happy and are well. So, congratulations to Mr. Dan Clayton and to the Clayton family. That's awesome. So, yeah, great stuff.
1: Very cool. Great
3: stuff. Great stuff. My gosh, I, exciting time of the year. Here we go again. Full gear.
1: Um, let's. Uh, As you say, where do you want to start here, yeah, man? It's like where, where. do we go from here? Um, actually, I think I need to. No, so, so, I
3: walk across him. I get startled. Nearly cram my pants. Um, go change my diaper, and then go back out and oh. I started walking across the hallway and no. I looked up, I was looking down the ground I looked up and there 's this big seven foot two guy <laughs> there slowly and I mean slowly walking hey what 's up big show
4: Where did you get me because he soft.
3: and I mean it took him for like listening like eternity to turn around, and he puts his freaking Godzilla size <laughs> paw on my left shoulder <laughs> and uh and uh, I'm like, You doing all right? And he's like, I'm just a little sore. Yeah. He's huge. I mean he put his hand, his right hand on my shoulder and it covered my shoulder. His fingers went down to almost where my peck is.
2: Oh wow. That's, I that's mean, awesome. He's though.
3: huge. Great man, really generous breastflick say is? hi to me. <laughs> where my peck is <laughs> Where my man boobs are <laughs> Uh, how in the world did you get that audio? Where Uh, did you find that from?
1: It is... It is Ajay's birthday today, everybody. Uh, Oh No. 8-8 is Ajay's birthday. It's great to be (laughs) 8. He he still looks like he's (laughs) 8.
3: I wish. I really wish I looked like it was that. I wish I felt like I was 8. So that was a, a... a playback of a, an encounter you had with the big show. Yeah, it's a uh, WWE superstar, and uh, WWE is in Salt Lake. I was supposed to do a bees game. It had rained out that day, though. So I played like I was stupid and went down to where you're not supposed to go. But that's where you usually go to clock out, but it was supposed to be blocked off. So, you know, because of an event happening. Well, they didn't block it off. So I went down and played like I was dumb. One security person asked if I what I was doing there. And I said, oh, I, I've got a couple of interviews I got to do. So I totally lied to him. But I'm such a big wrestling fan that they let me that I went down and I, I said hi to a few wrestlers and the big show was one of them. He's about seven two and three hundred and something pounds, just monstrous. I remember when I said hi to him and he slowly like he stopped and slowly turned around. I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect, so I stopped too. And then like I was taking like like you know like in a horror movie, you see this person taking really really baby steps to get to where they're supposed to be going. To you know, lengthen the drama. That's me. I, I was doing just that, and so uh, no. That's that's a good. That's a great memory. That's that's funny. You found that. Gosh, dang it, Dave. Why'd you announce it's my birthday? Dang
1: it. Do you know his real name? Yeah, Paul White. I didn't know his real name. Yeah, Paul White. And Dave says he's uh, starring in a sitcom on Netflix.
3: Is he really? Soon. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, a lot of those guys soon. love doing movies. Yeah, love, a lot of them love doing movies. Um. Yeah, it's good stuff. By the way, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this or not, so if I'm not, stop me, please, Eric. But today's also the anniversary of when you officially offered me the job, and I officially accepted. Now, granted, it took six, seven hours <laughs> there was to get there it was done. There was some interesting back and forth. Because there was calls going back and forth, you know, and well, we got to talk about this, come back. We start talking to you. No way. Now we got to talk about this. I'll call you back. And it just, it one after the other. And the whole time, I'm just like, I really, really, really wanted this gig here with, I wanted to work with you so badly. And obviously there was another conflict of interest going on and, uh, we had to talk it out. And I mean, I went to my wife and I was like, what do I do? And I mean, it was just a long, long drawn. I mean, I, I love how my birthday drawn out, but I don't know if I wanted that drawn out, <laughs> but it was till about 10 30 at night when he finally called me and he said, all right, you're on, we got you. And, uh, Dude, I I just want to tell you, I hope, this sounds cheesy and corny, but thank you. Like, this is, I would have never thought 10 years ago, well, yeah, almost 10 years ago when I started here, uh, producing stuff and then doing research for you, then I left to saw, like, I had no clue I'd be back here doing a show with you. None. Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And now you're like, I just, I never wanted him back. My worst nightmares came true. Uh, but I, I've never told you thank you. And I just can't tell you thank you enough to you, uh, to Mr. Franson, who, who was nice enough to allow me to be on the team, and to everybody else who was part of the process. This has been an absolute blast. And, um I, I don't know how long it's going to last. I might get fired tomorrow, <laughs> next week. But but if I do, I want you to know I've had an absolute blast. So, yeah, today's the one-year anniversary of uh, me joining the full-court press. Our first show wasn't until, like, the 12th. But that was right, the, it was a few
1: days later. Yeah. We were getting close because we would usually pick it up again the week of high school football.
3: Yeah. And then, like, two months later, I mean, actually, it was like a month later, you talked about, hey, we're going to, you know, we're teaming up doing a two-hour show. What do you think? And I said, Oh hell yeah, let's do it! You and I, we could do it easily with all the content we got. And oh uh, man, we swallowed it, and and it, man, it's been a blast. I just I can't believe it's already been a year. So thank you to Eric for allowing me to be a part of it as long as you have, and uh, to Mr. Friends and to again, the, everybody who's a part of the decision process. It's it's been fun. Not sure like I i I not sure how long it's gonna last, but uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's, good so far it's been a lot of fun. Uh, most days, no, just kidding. <laughs> The you know, so way you
3: said it with a straight <laughs> face, too, was so cool. I was like, oh, frick. Uh, I was dead
1: serious then. Uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. it fun having you on the show and part of the program and uh, part of our group. So look forward to uh, many more 8-8 eight, eight days to celebrate. Oh,
3: jeez. Never. Who told you it was my... Oh, I guess Facebook, huh? I didn't think about that. Facebook didn't tell me.
1: I, I, really? I my ways. <sighs> Hey, you're you get... off of Facebook, aren't you?
3: Uh, well, I was going to, and then
1: oh, that's right. But you're still on there. We have to, have to.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to ignore it as much as possible, but it's been pretty hard. So, oh, um, sure.
1: Facebook is your friend.
3: Well, not really. So on so...
1: Twitter, he is at Ajay Salvi, and, and you, you are can, at E France. You can wish him a happy birthday. You
3: don't need to. It's it's cool. You you just saying happy birthday over the radio speakers is good enough for me. I will, okay, actually, you know what? If you're going to wish me a happy birthday, I want a gift. Wait, by the way, what'd you get me for my birthday?
1: Okay. We'll do it right now. Here we go. I got a big thing of Dr. Pepper. Oh, man, that's going to kill me. So we'll pass that over to you. I got a thing of uh, beef jerky. <laughs> Didn't eat the first one. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> and then I got you a gift certificate to a really nice local restaurant. I swear. That's if still in business. Is, I
3: was going to say, if it's closed. <laughs> so. <laughs> Should we tell this story I maybe? tried to do that once. <laughs> so he gave me, a, a, what was it, like Javier's or something like that? And I was like, oh, man, uh-huh, craving Mexican food. I am so excited. And then like, I just saw, I looked at you, and you had this grin on your face. And I was like, okay, he can't be that happy about giving me a gift. Because I was I know, oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, hey, what do, you, uh, what do you got? I need something for dinner. And he said, oh, yeah, I've got something right here. And you were so enthusiastic about it. And then all of a sudden... I looked at you, and you had this stupid grin on your face, and I thought, there's, there's something going on. So then I Googled Javier's, and it says, permanently closed. <laughs> I like, can only imagine that if I would have went, you probably would have followed me or sent Rod. You would have sent Rod <laughs> Send, on an investigation. Crack Rod, with we have a very lens. important mission for you. Follow AJ and take photos of him going to Javier's. Which is no longer even in existence. I just know you would have done something like that.
1: I was sad to see them close. I really like their food. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I got some stuff over here. That <laughs> you <don't>... You're 92. <laughs> 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 Do
3: you remember those old oh, liners? man, I used, to listen, I used to think, how can I get myself on that? And I never, I think I called in once and I said, hey, I want to talk about uh, it's RJ's day or whatever. And they asked me who I was, and I said I was AJ. <laughs> so instead of being smart I'd be like, oh, this is Sam, this is I was like, George. oh, it's AJ. You're like, wait, you want to report yourself for
1: Q92? Yeah. We have a sister station. They used to have this thing, and it, <laughs> some people did get nominated, others were just randomly pulled out of the phone book. But they would do this thing where they would, every day, it'd be somebody different. If you see so and so, tell them it's their day. It's their day on Q ninety two. So if, <laughs> if you say AJ today, tell him he's great. It's AJ's day on Q ninety
2: two. So good.
1: <laughs> you called to nominate yourself. I did. I was like twelve or something. Remember, my brother's friend always wanted to hear his name. Do that. He'd always bug him. Hey, man, you need to nominate me to be on there. <laughs> I'm not putting your name in the hat. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we digress. Oh, man. A lot of fun things we're going to do on the show today. Yeah, we got a busy show, man. Uh, So, John Oglesby, that's uh, coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes from now-ish. We want to focus on Utah State linebackers today as we continue to prep for uh, Utah State football. And uh, we continue on to look at of what's going on with Team USA and their scrimmages and their practices, Donovan Mitchell today is having himself a day. A lot of highlights. He's had himself
3: a, a pretty good camp, hasn't he? Yeah, he
1: has, actually. They were using him as a point guard for long stretches.
3: Hey, I got a question. Because Tony Jones, who's done a great job of reporting what's going on with Donovan, um, has talked about, like, he's kind of mentioned, like, the teams and how they're put together. If Donovan Mitchell is opposite of Kemba Walker, uh, Harris— Kuzma, does that tell you that's going to be the starting lineup? Is, is that Kuzma, Walker, Harris lineup? I mean, what, or did you take anything from that of how they put the teams together for scrimmage?
1: No. Uh, no, you
3: don't? Okay. Uh, I just this, didn't
1: know. No, I, I just think they're trying, to, they're, they're trying to get used to the international ball. Yeah. It's a little bit different. And I think they're just trying to understand how uh, internationally – I mean, to have success in, an, in the international game, they need to do things a little bit differently. Mm. Uh, I think ball movement, from what I was reading today, ball movement is a premium. Uh, international teams are going to dare Team USA to shoot. Um, so uh, there's a lot of isolation. Uh, some guys like isolation ball, and that's not really going to be as successful in international play. Okay. So, from what some things that I was reading today.
3: Can, I think the question from everybody is, can Mitchell and Kemba Walker exist on the court together? I think they could. I, I, I think they could too. I mean, too. there's
1: a, there's a highlight today going around just the last little bit that Kemba and, uh, and Mitchell hooked up on a really cool play um, together. So yeah, I think they, they could be on the court at the same time. Oh, that alley-oop, is that what
3: you're talking about? Yes. Did you see the look on Kemba's face after Donovan threw that
1: down? He had the biggest grin. He started laughing. Just, this the, is from the uh, official NBA Twitter. And hang on. It's very <laughs> short. It's only a few seconds. Oh. So yeah. you hear the awe. Oh,
3: that's Kemba because I guess he thought he had thrown it bad, that he threw it too high and too out. So Donovan just goes spider mode and, and grabs it with launches. his right-handed claw and throws it down.
1: <laughs> There's another replay I saw today. Donovan Mitchell uh, at one point broke down the defense, and instead of doing a, a floater in the lane, he, he got through a pick-and-roll, shook off his, the next defender, got into the lane, defense started to collapse on him. Oh, this and is where he kicked than, it like, out? doing a floater or forcing it up over the top of everybody, he kicks it out to the wide open guy for.
3: Three. Oh, hey, who, now, he who the, the heck shot. was that idiot that missed the three? He missed
1: the shot, but it was a great <laughs> play in how he was able to have I vision. I think it was Jalen Brown who actually missed the three. It was a great oh, it look.
3: Was. You know, it, it, it's great because I think you had said on the air a few days ago, Coach Popovich talked about Donovan needing to make himself or not just make himself better, but make others better as well. I think he, that proves that he's learning how to do that. Look, this, look, Donovan, you could be one of the top three players on this team. But we want you to do it in a way that actually helps everybody get better on the court as well, not just yourself. Um, and from what we have been reported to by Tony Jones and in and, and social media, is, is that's exactly what's happening. Is that Donovan at times has flashed himself. In fact, Brian Windhorst wrote about a great article today wrote uh, that uh, Donovan Mitchell, on some scrimmages, on some days, has looked like the best player on the whole entire court. I just hope he doesn't get cut, man. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, my fear is that he might get cut because he is probably one of, if not the youngest guy. Too young, yeah. Um, so,
3: But wouldn't that benefit you in the long in the run?
1: Same, well, in the long run, yeah, because she's going to give you um, – He'll be able to give you more minutes, probably. He'll be he probably won't get burned out. Uh, he'll be part of the program in the future. Uh, he, he could have that international experience for for years to come. He could be on multiple teams. So, I think there is an advantage of having a younger player like him in the mix.
3: Do you? Uh, the thing is, is with Coach Popovich, he looks for like ball movement kind of players. And when you watch guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, they don't move the ball. That's what I mean. In Boston, they just don't move the ball. San Antonio
1: is—they move the ball in Boston. Do they? Yeah. I, <sighs> it's a team concept in Boston. Well, it didn't work
3: then, or at least it wasn't shown that well. well
1: it worked when Kyrie was not in the mix. <laughs>
3: And, I, mean, I guess Gordon gave up every time because he just didn't want the ball in his hands because he hates the pressure. But I just, I don't know. I think guys like Marcus Smart, well, not Marcus Smart, but maybe Jalen Brown might struggle with that a little bit. Um, Donovan might struggle. I don't know. I'm kind of worried about Donovan in that regard, too. If, like, if the ball's going to stick in his hand because that's what you want to avoid with him.
1: Yeah, You don't want him to be ball dominant. Yeah. Uh, now, but at the same time, movement. creating
3: a play like he did Finding Jalen Brown on the right wing three, you know, and he missed it. But that's what you want from the guy. Yeah. Which helps.
1: Yeah. I I just don't. So, I mean, it is still, it's a very young camp. It's only a few days into this. Uh, So There's been some times where the select team, like the the scrimmage squad, the guys that aren't already selected, they've been better than the, the guys that are supposed to go play internationally. In fact, Darren Fox was on that select team, and he got promoted. He's like, no one can get in front of you. No one can stop you. We need you on this other team. Oh, really? So there still may be some flex there where if somebody really shines on that uh, scrimmage squad, they might get promoted up.
3: So that would knock somebody else who was originally picked to be
1: on the, Yeah.
3: oh, that's a lot of pressure. That's a ton of pressure. Which
1: I think is great. I mean, then it forces them to really work hard and – and figure it out. They're not just there to hang out in Vegas and hoop it up. I mean, they're there to try to get this thing figured out so they yeah. can represent Team USA and yeah. win championships.
3: Yeah, That's a good point. I just hope that it would be so good for Donovan to make it. I, I And I know he'd be – I don't know how heartbroken he would be if he didn't make it, but if he did make it, he could actually make a case. And I maybe, with capital letters underlined and italicized, maybe – make it on that Olympic team or can he not make it on the Olympic team now because no, it, I
1: think if you're on this if you make this squad for yeah. the World Cup, the FIBA World Cup, I think you're you're part of the Olympic team. Oh are you okay cool. I didn't know if that I think I don't think they would if, try if they, to bring a, a whole new team together again, but I I could be wrong. Well because
3: like I mean, you know, Harden's gonna want to play in the Olympics, right? Curry, maybe LeBron. Um trying to think of guys who've already been on it. Demarcus Cousins, I think Clay Thompson as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are already on the Olympic team, unless they and I. Well, I guess Kevin Love. I don't know if he'll be on it, but yeah, just kind of wondering how that roster would work.
1: So we'll continue to keep an eye on it as they're practicing in Las Vegas. Uh, Some great footage that we've seen. Uh, Certainly, there are some highlights of Donovan Mitchell and how well he's doing so far at the point guard position for certain stretches.
3: That's kind of interesting. They're putting him in point guard at times. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's a backup point guard. Hopefully, that'd be kind of cool. Well,
1: I think that they like the, op, the options of versatility with the players that they have. If you can play multiple positions, if you can defend multiple positions, uh, I think that ups your value and opportunity to stay on the court. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we'll be talking to John Oglesby. He is the executive director, is that his title?
3: Yeah, executive director of Utah High School Athletics. Activities. Acti- oh, is it really? They swapped
1: out athletics for activities. Well, they, they forgot also to send to out do, a press release. Like debate and a few other things. Oh, jeez. So, Utah High School Activities <clears throat> Association, UHSAA. A lot of different changes uh, in the works for how things are managed through high school athletics. Uh, get his update on, on that, how that affects things this year as it starts to be implemented, and how that might change things for the future with how teams go out and make different scheduling decisions. Mm. Um, And so a lot of different things are on the line. There's new sport that's fully sanctioned, but how well is it being adopted right now? So uh, there are some schools that are struggling to fill teams. Are they going to combine schools together to fill a team? Uh, What do they do for the the, the girls for this sport? Um, So anyway, it's interesting things to discuss. And transfers continue to be an interesting issue uh, that are going on in high school athletics and some of the crazy things people do to try to switch schools uh, just for competitive reasons, not for too many other reasons why it was originally set up to, uh, to, to, to help out with. So, Anyway, that's just some of the things we'll be discussing with John Oglesby coming up here next on the Full Court Press. Also, we'll be hearing from David Woodward. We'll dive into the Utah State linebacker situation as we preview the linebacker core for USU.
3: And with that, kind of a tease, Gary Anderson is pleased with Woodward in a lot of his facets of the game. But there's one thing he's still not happy with. And, in fact, it's a thing that he's not happy with a lot of his defense right now. So, and you'll actually get into that. We'll get into that in a little bit. I think Gary even talks about it, too. So,
1: Sweet. So stay tuned for that. We'll also have our pick six a little bit later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. All ahead on the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
3: I Dude, what is going birthday. on? What are you doing? Turn this off. That's the what? Beatles. That's the Beatles? Birthday. Yeah, no wonder nobody liked him. It's
1: birthday. Gonna have
3: a good time. That is so annoying. That had to be when they were like... So like Muhammad Ali's Decline? That is the Beatles right there in Decline. That is horrible. That's a classic. No, it's not. There's no way that's a classic. No one ever looks and says, Hey, turn me on the Beatles in the
1: birthday song. No one it, it in America, got, in it the definitely world. definitely got overused for a while there. Overused by who? Well, a lot of radio stations would use that as their bed when they would do their like birthday roundups or whatever. And then those DJs would get fired for
3: using <laughs> such a horrific song. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Eric Franson, L.J. Salveson here. 431 your time on Thursday, August 8th. Uh, the full court press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. Hey, we are privileged and honored as we get ready for high school Football and high school athletics to start already going on the uh, on its way here come fall. And about next week, uh, we're honored and privileged to have uh, John Oglesby, executive director of Utah High School uh, athletic or not oh, no, it's activities. activities. I caught myself I activities, activities. join us here on the full court press, Mr. Oglesby. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. It is a pleasure
4: to be able to talk to you guys and all my good friends up in Cache County today. So
3: thanks for having me. Hey, let's start here. Uh, with with fall coming up, uh, the the new RPI playoff system is is going to be monstrous, and it's going to be a difference maker in so many ways. What went into that decision for for what you know? What went into that decision to to change the way the playoffs are going to be done? Well,
4: number one, before I answer the question, if you can roll that back, where you said it's going to be monstrous. And with a lot of pep, we'll use that as part of a pre-roll campaign if we do one. But uh, (laughs) that was awesome. Uh, You know, really, I think the the change came about, guys. You know, last fall and in the winter, as our board of trustees got ready for the alignment for the 2019 through 2021 school years, it just showed with our population changes, with our growth in certain areas, that our model of aligning and the way we see teams into the postseason was um, really starting to show some wear and tear with where we're at, meaning that we have population centers that create kind of unequal regions that makes it tough to go traditional set numbers out of each region, go to the postseason. So I think it was knowing the inequity that there would be in regions that really push for a change and that change was using a numbers based system that could fairly operate and have everybody in the system and then feed them into the postseason based on their regular season performance.
1: When this, so there's, I've had a lot of questions, and I know you, there are, a, a, the UHSAA has done a lot to try to get information out there, which people can go to the website and get info, detailed information about how this RPI system is going to work. But if I'm not mistaken, if you are the you win your region, you're not guaranteed a number one seed when it comes to the playoff time. Is that correct?
4: No, you're, that 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 is correct. You are not guaranteed a top seed. And something that else could be different for fans. You could have two Cache Valley teams um, that play in the first round of the playoffs in in any number of our sports that use RPI, and so that'll be a little bit unique. The, the system in itself, the algorithm doesn't look at, you know, what region you're in, whether you won your region. It looks at your overall performance um, spread across every other team's performance that you're connected with. And so, yeah, that's something that will be unique for this year that's, that's definitely different.
3: What about out-of-state teams? So if, for example, if Logan were to play a team from, like, Highland Pocatello, and well, it, Logan is going to play yeah. an Idaho team. So we're going to play a Nevada yeah. team. How do you guys rank that?
4: So the way that um, you – so to take fans, um, if I may for a second, so each classification, the winning percentage or the percentage of points that you get if you win a game is slightly different. The reason being it's to create – a it's, a, it's to avoid creating a situation rather where a 4A team – in the non-regional, just play 1A teams, win a bunch of games, then have a potentially inflated RPI because of that. So out state teams are seated right in the middle um, of that kind of matrix. And then the nice thing is scored as such. All the data is run through a partnership that we have with Max Preps. All of the neighboring states to Utah, including Idaho and Wyoming, Already you're required to have contracts and have schedules and scores entered through max prep. So it's really going to be pretty seamless for teams to be able to integrate that those game results and those scores into max prep for the RPI to then run and see the
1: postseason. Again, we're talking to John Oglesby. He is with Utah High School Activities Association. RPI is a new way of doing things for the postseason. Again, I don't know that it, if if too many schools have quite figured out how this is going to affect them yet in how they manage their non-region scheduling, but I imagine as this goes on for a while that it'll be really intriguing to see how that evolves. What other what other states have you observed that are using this? And have you talked to the other states, other are areas that are, are, are using this system, and how that's changed how schools? Kind of do their scheduling and how they prepare for their uh, their seasons as they put their schedules together.
4: You know, so I'll answer that question in a couple different ways. Number one, starting with focusing on us first, we've really encouraged schools to continue to schedule in the way that they always have. We don't want schools to disrupt regional rivalries. We don't want schools to um, really change up. Too much. Our, our thought process was to encourage schools to play, you know, preseason schedules that you have traditionally, um, and then to make decisions going forward. For other states, and we've definitely talked to a lot of other states um, Washington, Colorado, California, Arizona, um, even Idaho to some extent has all used an RPI system in some fashion to influence the postseason seeding. And the biggest thing that we talked to when talking with other states, not as much about how teams were creating schedules, although there's some state offices that do all scheduling for all teams, but more about trying to create an algorithm and a formula that treating every team fairly. And so we probably put more time into finding an algorithm and working with max preps as well. In finding an algorithm that was spent on RPI than any other point of it, and when it came to scheduling, our colleagues just said the same thing: if you're not going to schedule as a state office, which we don't, encourage teams to schedule as they have, and then over time, if they feel that that scheduling isn't benefiting them, they'll make changes that they feel they need to make.
3: Oh. Will there be an update on like each week on how the RPI or I guess how the rankings look or how the RPI system is affecting teams? Is there going to be an update each week that we can find?
4: So I, I, I'm glad you asked that question. So I'll give you a little timeline of how it will go, to, go uh, in terms of revealing. So
2: great, great.
4: What we will do um, right now, you can go to uhsa.org uh, slash RPI. We don't have them live as of right now. So the RPI will publicly open for viewing one month after the start of the season. So you have 1A baseball that started in late July. So 1A baseball will open in late August. Football. Football starts next Friday. So a month from next Friday's date, the football RPI will open up for teams to be able to view. It will then be updated. Uh, the system automatically updates hourly as it is, so specifically for a volleyball or sports like soccer that play matches frequently throughout the week. Those will update hourly as, as results are entered. But when it comes to the end of the season, the system will shut down to the public two weeks before the end of the season, and then how we'll reveal the final seating uh, that's being finalized and will be released
3: Hmm. That's that's actually kind of interesting. I'm kind of intrigued by that. That's that's a, that's you know, and I think that's what what's great about that, Mr. Oglesby, is it seems like you guys are showing accountability of what you guys are doing. So not only are you putting it into place, but you're you're bringing in accountability for what you guys are are, are, are I guess showing or at least what we're able to or how these teams are gonna be affected by that. That's that's really good of you guys. Well it,
4: i I And I appreciate you saying that. That that was a huge part of what we did. We don't want this to be, you know, a situation where, you know, math geniuses are, are quietly tracking these numbers and then at the end of the season teams are completely shocked where they're at. We want it to be a public and transparent process. And part of that is we want to build excitement in our high school communities. You know, you have areas like Cache Valley, that are extremely rabid for high school sports love supporting student athletes and we want those fans to have a lot of excitement but then we want fan bases that maybe aren't as developed as most of Cache Valley is and we want them to have talking points to where they can get excited about games and what impact they have on student athletes and their communities.
1: Hey uh, John I wanted to switch topics a little bit with you now uh, they're speaking of uh sports let's talk about lacrosse this is a sport that's been operating as a club sport for quite some time it's been gaining popularity throughout the state this season marks its first officially sanctioned season throughout the state how well is that being adopted for both boys and girls teams uh, statewide
4: so we we've had a very um very successful adoption moving forward um all of cash Including Bear River has indicated that they're and Box Elder as well that they're going to be participating in year one, which we're very, very excited about. Um, I would think one thing that is important to note is the fact that adding new sports um, takes time and it takes time for districts as well. Uh, Not all school districts that may have strong club programs are able to immediately envelop those programs into their organization Um, and so we're understanding of that and we're excited to have 30 plus teams in year one who will be competing on both the boys and the girls side we're excited for our championship venue which will be zions bank stadium um, that's uh, run by real salt lake we think it'll be an outstanding postseason venue for the championships Um, And we're also excited to be able to use RPI to seed the tournament um, and and to see what happens. And so I would say the process has been fairly seamless, and we're excited to begin play in early March.
3: want to ask you uh, to switch topics again. You know, there's. I had someone tell me that they're so concerned about the transfers that have gone on in Utah High School Athletics, especially here within Cache Valley. You know, kids who get cut from a basketball team move to their uncle's house and then they, you know, to a different city where it's a different high school, try out there, then they make the team. What do you do or what have you heard about concerns about the transfer rules and have you guys had conversations about solutions or maybe even open enrollment?
4: So transfer rules, I'll start out by saying, are not set by our office staff, and, and, and nothing that we've talked about so far today are decisions that are made by our office staff. They're decisions that are made by our Board of Trustees, um, and a cash School District Board member um, actually sits on our Board of Trustees, and so uh, the Valley definitely has a lot of representation when it comes to the UHSAA, as well as a member on one of our other committees. But um, when it comes to the transfer rules, there's a lot of questions, not only within the state of Utah, but around the country about how you make things fair, about how you legislate transfers, how do you do things in the best interest of the student compared to the best interest of the integrity of kids, um, you know, playing and having a sense of community. I will tell you the process by which we decide transfers. Um, is very rigorous. We require uh, an extremely high burden of proof to show representation of a justification um, to go with the transfer. Um, and I'll say that we rely a lot upon high school administrators in communities to let us know what's going on. So if a transfer comes to me from a community in Cash or a high school in Cash Valley, I'm going, and it's going to another Tash Valley High School. I'm going to call both schools to get information on what happened, mm. what the circumstances are, how legitimate or illegitimate the reasons they're claiming for the transfer are. That's and huge. 90, 95% of the time, it's fairly amicable because we have documentation intact, and then school administrators verify that yes my, you know, this kid moved from Nibley to Hyde Park, and so they need to move high schools because the full family moved from Nibley to Hyde Park. Makes it much, much easier when that process happens, and I would say almost all of our transfers are just like that, very amicable and smooth.
1: John, I know that the Utah legislature was trying to get involved a little bit on this issue. It seems to be a a touchy one for some people, and there were some ideas floated that, Conceivably, uh, a high school kid could play football for one school and then transfer to play basketball for another uh, and, and then maybe transfer to another to play baseball in the spring. Uh, just totally wide open. Maybe that's a little bit extreme, but it seemed like that would open the doors for something like that. Is is that something that, th- that these transfer rules might become more open and more... Uh, liberal than they are now, or do you feel like the system currently that is in place is accepted and will continue to be operational as it is?
4: Um, I'll, I'll answer that question in, in this and in saying that our board of trustees um, who represent all of our member institutions, and that board's made up of school board members and high school principals, superintendents, and school districts, Our Board of Trustees has been very happy with the transfer rule, the direction it's gone and what it's done um, in terms of trying to create um, a system where students are able to transfer for verifiable reasons, but also, um, you know, students are put in situations where they're able to be in one place and it creates a sense of community. So I would say our membership is very happy with the transfer rule,
3: Mr. Oglesby. You've been so gracious with your time, and greatly appreciate. It. A final question from me, and it seems like a softball question, but I'm actually sincerely wondering: uh, as the executive director, what is the most rewarding thing you find in being your position and and being over Utah high school activities?
4: Well, I have to say, number one, just uh, I, I'm an, uh, you know I'm an, one of our, our assistant directors, and and you several things. I think the most rewarding thing that I'm involved in um, is is the ability to know that you're running programs that make a huge difference in the lives of kids, specifically when it comes to our state tournament setups. Um, I worked in the college ranks before and prided myself on trying to set up and promote student-athletes, set up events that they could be proud of. and It's really gratifying when You go to a postseason venue and you see student athletes having a seamless experience, getting in their locker rooms easily, having, you know, a great pregame experience with music, you know, a wonderful game operation situation. Um, After a team wins, having an easy ease of access into their locker room to be able to change and then a facilitation. For me, that's the best part of it is just being able to make sure and do everything that I can and my colleagues do a great job as well to make sure that every kid that's involved in high school activities in the state of Utah has an experience that they cherish for the rest of their life.
3: Well, Mr. Ogilvy, again, thank you so much for your time. What a great interview that was. Greatly appreciate you. And uh, best wishes for uh, a successful and safe upcoming uh, high school athletics year.
4: Well, I appreciate it, guys. I look forward to maybe coming up and visiting you in the valley sometime. Hey, so when you do come up time. yeah, when yeah, you do absolutely. come up
3: here, get up here and uh, come into the studio, and we'll chat and uh, we'll get an update on how uh, how things are going in the
1: fall. That'd be great. I look forward
4: to it, guys. Have a great day. Thank
1: uh, you. You too. All right, thanks, John.
0: Dude, uh, yeah, this is this
1: that is was a an really intriguing interview. Interesting new era for high school, uh, especially for football, but uh, it's going to be rolled out for other sports. Other sports are already using it. But uh, it's going to be more understood and more, well, it may take some time to understand it fully. But it's going to be more widely used. And uh, how that starts to affect and change how teams put their schedules together, that'll be really, really
3: interesting. Very interesting of of the RPI system based on teams outside the state. Because, of course, you have the the Rumble, the Rocky Mountain Rumble here at Utah State for both football and basketball. Uh, so teams play, other teams from Idaho, and, and the, the work that's going to go into it to be able to control the RPI to make sure it's accurate and uh, using max preps and then updating it every week is going to be really interesting. So great stuff from Mr. Oglesby, and we appreciate his time.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. The high school sports season is upon us. So a lot, A, th- a lot of things to digest and understand how it's going to change. Amen. All right, coming up next, uh, well, again, teasing some of the things we're going to be talking about next hour. We'll dive into the linebacker position for Utah State football, give you a preview of what we've seen so far in camps. In our camp report, we'll hear from David Woodward as well, and our pick six coming up a little bit later on. It's all coming up on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: Talking the sports you care about. The full court press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
3: Big thanks to uh, nice. Mr. John Oglesby of the Utah High School Athletic Activities. Can I say that? Athletic Activities? Probably not, huh? That's what
1: it is. Exactly. Exec- high school activities. I can't get associated. it
3: right. Executive director. Hey, great stuff. You can find that, by the way, on 1069thefan.com. After our show's over, we'll post it. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be on Spotify. Uh, any podcast format, you will find it there. You just type in the Full Court Press. Eric Francis, and my name as well, if, if you're looking in the search bar. All right, coming back up, we'll get you ready for the second hour of the Full Court Press here on 1069FM, 1390AM, The Fan.
0: The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, children, dear? Happy, happy we'll birthday, A.J.
1: A.J.'s birthday today. Coming a- up next hour, happy, happy, we'll discuss Utah State linebackers. We're I want you to sing this song. Gary Anderson and David Woodward Sing saw a couple next on the full court Whether
2: press. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise. Antonio Brown's foot injury doesn't sound good. Getting frostbitten on your feet from a cryotherapy session in France is unfortunate. On its surface, it seemed like the kind of injury you would expect from a diva wide receiver. Last year, that's what Brown was, mainly because he wanted out of Pittsburgh. But you have to look at Brown's whole career. He was the sixth round pick out of Central Michigan. He wasn't on anyone's radars of potential star through hard work, Brown arguably became the best receiver in the sport. Now he's in Oakland with a new contract and big expectations. You can call him a diva all you want, but if you watched him on Hard Knocks, it's pretty clear it's going to be hard to keep Brown off his feet. He wants to work, and I'm sure he wants to prove that he's just as big a star in this uniform as he was in Pittsburgh's. Hopefully it won't be long before we see him playing and putting this bizarre and embarrassing injury behind him. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.